Hello everyone, welcome back to Functional Spirituality. If it's your first time joining us, my name is Ava and this show is about our spiritual practice and how spiritual practice is ultimately a unique path that is meant to serve the individual towards whatever goals and results are meaningful to them. So it really requires a kind of depth. It requires skills of internal awareness and self-reflection and alignment to really feel into what is meaningful and relevant to me and to have that knowledge as we navigate the spiritual systems on this planet that have a lot of different goals and methodologies and philosophies. So the reality is we live in a a very varied spiritual marketplace and it really behooves us to have a connection to ourself and to what's meaningful for ourselves so that when we navigate these spiritual systems we're actually navigating them instead of blindly adopting them because that can have some detrimental results that are very very much against exactly what we came to the spiritual practices for to begin with. You know, very often we come to spiritual practices for healing, but to be adopting a system of philosophies and practices that are telling us what to do and how to think and how to feel without being in touch with ourselves is the very traumatizing conditions, the lack of consent, the lack of connection and autonomy that creates the the conditions that we're seeking to heal. So this podcast is about functional spirituality and it's based around the three-part method that actually, as we look inward and we consider what do we most want from our lives and from our spiritual practice, it always ends up being one of three things, if not a combination of these three things. We either want healing or we want to cultivate something Or we want a connection to the mystical transcendent dimension of our being. And today I wanted to talk about boundaries. So boundaries is more and more being spoken about in personal development and spiritual practices. In in the past, religion and spirituality they focused on virtues for relating. So, you know, kindness, generosity, patience were all of these idolized virtues. And that definitely served our culture and our society at the time. You know, thousands of years ago, it was revolutionary. It was it enhanced the culture to consider and to agree upon these virtues for how we should relate to each other. But as we, you know, millennia later, we're looking at our spirituality now. Boundaries is an art form of how we relate to each other. And just looking at virtues of kindness and patience, generosity, just looking at the virtues, it bypasses the causes for why it's hard or why we don't naturally automatically align with those virtues for relating. 
So instead of just focusing on how we should be, we also need to remove, which is really a cultivating tool, you know, considering inspiring principles that we're drawn to is something that we cultivate. So it falls under the cultivation category, but we also need to do some healing. What are the reasons that we don't automatically have patience we don't automatically have kindness in situations where we're not automatically generous or feeling connected to joy or connected to our community why does that happen and to heal those conditions inside of us Um, so in the past you know it's thou shalt not you know steal or lie or do this or that to one another and those are excellent virtues they're ex it's an excellent compass great um, maps but now it's time to refine those maps and to you know in functional spirituality we're very aware of relational dynamics and how that contributes to our healthiness and our happiness you know what we really want <laughs> more than anything, is to be happy and healthy. And our happiness and our healthiness, it depends on how our nervous system is regulating itself in relation to the environment. And such a big conditioning factor to that, to how our nervous system regulates itself in relation to the environment is the relational dynamics that are either conditioned inside of us from the past or are happening in our environment in the present moment. So remember that that's what is one of the big pieces that is conditioning our happiness and our healthiness because it is such a big contributor to how our nervous system is regulating itself. So boundaries is such a beautiful art form of our healthiness and our happiness. It directly relates to our well-being and to our joy and to the quality of our experience and also to how we contribute to the quality of experience of others and of our community, local and global You know, there's a lot of talk about boundaries more and more, like I said, but today I want to just highlight healthy boundaries because we can have boundaries, but it's important that we refine our approach that boundaries are not just about controlling and worry, or another way of saying that is protection and fear. And, you know, we don't, we, we don't want our walls to be too rigid or our requests to be too loose in a way that's limiting us from getting our needs met and being able to connect with life. So healthy boundaries looks at our, it's ultimately looking at our nervous system regulation, but we want to look at it in healthy or sustainable ways. Because if the walls are too rigid, it's going to limit us from being able to connect to life. If our requests are too loose, it's going to limit us from getting our needs met. So like I said, and I just want to reiterate again and again that it's this art form. So it's something that we're consciously cultivating. And what the conditions are, what we need is we need these ingredients of self-awareness. 
We need communication skills and experience. And we need flexibility. So like any tool, any tool that we want to cultivate for our healing, our well-being, you know, for our hobbies, our passions, any tool that we want to cultivate. At first, it's more like a skill that we're developing. And then later, it becomes more of an artwork, something that we're good at and that we enjoy the benefits of because we're skilled with it. We'll pop into the show notes or the little description, a link to the episode about the two ways that healing tools work. And that's really the two ways that any tool works. It's at first, we are cultivating the skill and it takes resources. It actually takes from us. It takes our time. We have to be willing to risk mistakes. And then later, the tool that or the skill we've cultivated, then it gives back to us. So first, it takes energy to maintain and to build all kinds of energy, you know, physical, financial, emotional energy to process this learning curve. And the thing is, is that as you're cultivating, you're not a master yet. It's not an art form yet. It's still bumpy. It is also, it should also be giving back a little bit. You know, if you're playing a piano, there might be a little bit of what you're playing. Um, that sounds good, but most of it is kind of bumpy and clunky. And you're kind of in that process of building takes more energy than it gives back. But at some point it tips over and the energy that you're receiving from your boundaries is giving you back so much energy, so much connection, so much well-being, so much happiness, so much health. And this is the mastery of a skill that we want for the rest of our lives. This is a skill that gives us our capacity back. It gives us our regulation. It sustains us, supports us. It it builds us up in amazing ways. It's just the most important skill to cultivate on this planet is how to relate in a healthy way. It affects us physiologically and psychologically, and it also affects how we relate to ourselves. It enhances all of the other parts of our spiritual practice by creating these containers that help us to get our needs met. So as we're building this skill, it can be uncomfortable. It can be difficult to say no. Also, it's not just difficult to build a skill, but it's difficult because you might not even be doing it right. Um, you know, say you're learning a sport, you might not be running or moving correctly and it actually wears you down, you know, so it's actually your practice of building this skill might even hurt you a little bit. It, of course, as well, you know, people might say no to your boundaries. People might get angry. People might trespass or ignore your boundaries anyway. So we need to accept that. But if we don't express our needs, if we don't try to communicate, if we don't try to self-reflect, we will be violating ourselves. So not only do we not get our needs met, not only do we not support other people to flow with us 
and to meet our needs and to have the greatest gift of being able to meet someone else's needs, not only do we not have this external benefit, but actually internally, we will be violating ourselves. Internally, we will be confirming a lack of our own self-worth, a lack of our own clarity, a lack of our own awareness and our own flexibility. So it's so important. So how do we set healthy boundaries? Like I said, there's these ingredients. So what's most important is what are ways, what are tools and ways that I can cultivate these ingredients better that lead to healthy boundaries. So self-awareness, how can I be more in touch with how I feel, what I need, and what I'm thinking. Because there are so many layers to that. It's not just the thoughts that bubble up into your forehead. That is the first line of thinking. But there are deeper and deeper and deeper layers, infinitely deep layers to the conditions of our system, why we feel and how we feel. So having self-awareness, having reflective inward contemplative practices which could be something like journaling it could be something even like talk therapy meditation yoga that help us to build this inner awareness to open up that eye and to sharpen that gaze of being able to look inward and to be aware not just through language of how we feel But to be aware of how we feel and what we think through a sense of feeling as well. There's like language and non-language based ways of our inner communication. The next one is actually communication in general. So how, there's some hectic noise going on outside. So hopefully you can still hear me amongst the lawn mowers outside. But communication skills, um, especially nonviolent communication, this is a book and like a resource and a modality that really has supported me. And it's taken me many years of repeated kind of practice and reading to internalize better what this modality is teaching. So it's not, you know, many people will practice in a mechanical way tools of communication, like, you know, repeat back to the person what they've just said. So, you know, then you'll say, okay, so what I'm hearing you say is blah, 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 blah. The point of doing that is so that the other person feels received. And so that also they can clarify and they feel this respect that they're being interested in and that they've got a space to clarify what they want to say. So, Repeating back to someone what you think you've heard from them is a suggestion of how you could do that. But the best way to do that is to actually do that, actually be interested in what does someone mean and actually be interested in providing people a space to clarify their feelings and their needs, holding a space in any communication that you're having, to actually be holding a space for the person who's talking. And for me, just, (laughs) you know, like not doing that, not holding a space, 
not being interested, not having this deep desire for the other person to get clear and grounded and connected to themselves, if you don't have that and then you're just doing some communication techniques, those techniques don't work. Those techniques are a one person's suggestion about you know, again, like on the surface, what, what would, what could it look like? But really it could look like anything. It's about where that, what the desire of the communication is coming from. And the desire is again, to hold that space exactly as you do for yourself. Not everyone is aware in the same way that you are of how you want that communication to play out. So maybe you have to tell someone, look, I really want to get clear about how I think. So I just need to kind of talk this out a little bit, prepare people for that. So there's so many ways of communication that are so important. And we speak about this in some of our bigger courses and retreats about how to communicate and hold space better for more optimized communication. But for me personally, the biggest resources to get my communication to the place it is now where I feel really proud of it. It's not perfect, but I'm so proud. I love communicating where before I had like a compulsion, I needed to communicate about everything, needed to talk, needed to be heard, needed to hear other people's words. Now communication is this kind of relaxed, beautiful, compassionate, present flow. And the things that have really supported me in that is one practice and the other one, just time and patience. It's taken, you know, many relations, many relational circumstances, many painful communication exchanges to learn when it's not feeling good and to learn how to create a space of connection and clarity and grounding where the intention is not about the communication. It's not about what's being said. So that's not the focus. The focus is how can we feel more connected and safe and on the same team here? What do I need to say? How do I need to be? You know, how do I need to hold a space so that we can feel like we're on the same team and that you feel relaxed and that I can accept you? So yeah, practicing Every communication you have with that understanding that that's what's important. Every communication that you have is, you know, one shot of the arrow closer to your bullseye and your target of, of having that communication skill. And then the last thing that we need is flexibility. And, you know, having healthy boundaries gives us flexibility, allows us to accept more and be more patient with the ups and downs and the detours and all of the ways that our preferences don't feel met. And we also need there to be a flexibility. So how can you cultivate flexibility? How can you cultivate more space in your container? How can you cultivate more capacity, more relaxation, more space, more joy, more of your internal resource? What are the things that feed into you a sense of relaxation, joy, healthiness, and happiness, that is going to increase your flexibility directly and will support you in the process of cultivating healthy boundaries. 
So the ingredients, and I mean, I just kind of jotted these down. I'm sure there's many other ingredients, but the ingredients that first came to my mind was self-awareness, communication, and flexibility. So working on those fundamental pieces that create healthy boundaries is going to be the way that I would recommend to work on them. And once again, just to recap, just to remember there's a difference between rigid boundaries. There's a difference to having dogmatic walls that we build up around ourselves to keep people out. And that is not a part of our long-term strategy. They're a placeholder. They might help us to manage the issues, the challenges, the pain, the fear, the dysregulation that we have right now. They're temporary walls that we put up. There's a reason people do that and call it boundaries is because it lets you catch a breath. But we're not just trying to catch a breath while we're drowning. We're trying to build this beautiful boat. We're trying to build a sustainable way of navigating the waves of our experience. And, you know, a lot of people put up rigid boundaries because they have been living with porous boundaries. They've been living way too loose. They accept abuse or disrespect. They're scared of rejection so much that they'll just comply with anything. They depend on the opinions of others. There's difficulty saying no. There's this kind of leaking outward and an attempt to feel safe and to feel connected. And then there's this pendulum effect of swinging all the way back into cutting out relationships, cutting off connections to the outside world because everything, the way those connections have been set up are actually painful. So it makes sense that we might need to cut off, set up rigid boundaries, but that's not, that's not our philosophy for life. That's not our philosophy of how to be connected. Actually, we want to cultivate these skills so we can build relationships next time. We can build our life around us with awareness and communication and flexibility. So it makes sense that the boundaries we've built around us, the connections and the relationships and the situations, the life we've created around us has been created with unhealthy, unconscious, compulsive, rooted in trauma conditions. So it does make sense that, you know, one thing we can do is just cut all of that off and put up walls as we rebuild, or we might gently, in some of the cases, gently alter them. So we don't have to cut off the relationship, we can work on it. So both are fine. And porous and rigid boundaries are, the reason they are there is actually to protect us. The reason we are so loose and so porous is because a part of our system was trained to say that this is the way to stay safe. This is the way to stay connected. So any boundaries that we've had are valid. They are there to protect us, to serve us. They've been put in place because on some level, on a real level, we thought or our system employed them in order to keep us safe, in order to optimize our connections. And now we're just wanting to refine that. We're seeing places that 
it's not helping us. The situation that was meant to keep us connected and meant to keep us safe sometimes doesn't. Well, then it's time to work on it. And boundaries is getting clearer and clearer that we have the power to have happy and healthy lives that we really want. It's taking responsibility for the situations around us. Yes, other people, for sure, the environment, other people. There's so many factors that we don't control that come into our experience, but it's the way that we regulate and respond to that. That's our responsibility. And also our responsibility is how we're setting up those connections and those dynamics moving forward. So I hope this has given you a couple of pieces to chew on. As always, I, I recommend to, you know, to journal and to contemplate, take, take a bit of stillness, you know, not to go straight into the next podcast or straight into the next activity if you can, just to kind of let things reorganize inside of your experience. That's the beautiful thing about theory and knowledge and podcasts is that information itself can reorganize your conditions and reorganize the conditions for your behavior so you can change the way you act and think and behave and experience your life just from the way just from the things that you hear and learn and of course that's not the only way that we change your behavior but it is one of the ways and to optimize that way i just recommend to take some space and to contemplate what felt significant from this podcast also we have a much larger training i think maybe an hour or so training about boundaries that i will pop the link to in the description as well that you can sign up to receive that free training as well if you want to stay connected with us on socials you can search functional spirituality on facebook there's a group in which we have discussions about the podcast as well as our social media functional spirituality and we've got a couple of exciting things coming up in the next few months so stay connected with us and subscribe to the episode to make sure that you don't miss the next episodes that come up they're coming up every second monday at the moment and alternating on those weeks is a meditation which i have been loving so much the meditations and have been just dropping in really deep. Um, since being pregnant, there's like this extra layer of relaxation in the body that can be accessed from having this kind of physiological, the, the relaxing hormone and having everything kind of opening up magically in preparation for birth. Actually, just having a bit of a meditation and yin yoga practice it has just been like ecstasy. So I hope you also enjoy the meditations and the episodes, and I look forward to sharing with you more in a few weeks. Thank you for tuning in to the Functional Spirituality Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe by pressing the plus button on iTunes or the following button on Spotify. This is going to ensure that this resource is available and top of mind when you most need it. So please subscribe now.